For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, welcome back. It's Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness, and I'm always glad when you tune in. This week's episode is about marriage intervention. Now, that was a new term for me, and when I talked to Courtney about it, I knew that she was on to something because sometimes when things aren't going well, people shy away, but not Courtney. She's like, if you're at that trouble spot, I want to anchor in and help you when trouble arises. And so when it comes to relationships, that's what she's all about. And you know what? The superpower that it illuminates to me is absolutely 100% shake off fear. Because you know, when things are traumatic, that's when most people duck. But Courtney is saying, let me in and let me help you soar. And so I love, I love talking about relationships. You guys know, as the founder of the First Wives Club, I get excited because relationships are the heartbeat of our community. And I value Courtney's interest in being a powerful resource for couples when they're facing trouble. So let's listen, because I think you too are going to see how she shakes off fear. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. This is where we believe that you can build a life that you love without apology. We focus on the key areas of life, love, and happiness, and today we are anchoring in on love. I am so excited to have with me Courtney Lloyd. She is a marriage and relationship interventionist, and we'll talk more about that. That means she's going to help you turn it around. That is her goal when it comes to relationships. I'm so excited to have you on today. Why don't you do us a favor and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your relationship, your husband and your family. Yes, I'm so, so, so excited to be here. So I'm Courtney Lloyd, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a licensed counselor and clinical trauma professional. And so I have a practice in Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana girl um, where I work with women primarily um, on underlying trauma issues. And so that's a little bit about what I'm doing, what I've been doing. Um, my love story, gosh, we started in high school. <laughs> we started in high school where we started, to, that's where we developed our friendship, I'll say. We did not date, but we developed a really good friendship there. Um, I would not date him because he was popular and I knew that I was going to set myself up for hurt. And so I was like, listen, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but we stayed in touch over the years. Um, I'd say about three years or so after um, we graduated, I reached out to him. We still had landlines then. So I remember his house phone <laughs> and I had a mutual friend to reach out because I didn't know where he was in life. I didn't know if he was married. I didn't know what was going on. So anyway, he reached out. 
he answered the phone, which is not normal for him. And when he asked the phone and he heard my voice, the first thing he said was, I feel like my wife has called me. Oh, that's so beautiful. And we had not dated prior to that at all. We had just been friends. Um, and so that's where it started. We started connecting. We decided to give it a shot um, at dating. 2005 is when that was. And then got married in 2009. And life happened. Like most couples, about a year in, I was like, okay, we're going to have to divorce. I cannot do this. It was so much immaturity. I was 24. He was 23. Um, and so we were really young. And I was just feeling like a single married woman. I was exhausted. I had a little girl. He was living it up and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to our um, mentors at the time. We was right at our first year anniversary. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not even mad. I ain't angry. I'm just done. And I, I think we're going to divorce. And so she said, no, you guys just need somebody to intervene. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. They wow. intervened. We were faithful to church. They're, um, we call it B-Group in Louisiana. Some people call it Bible study. But we were faithful to that, faithful to church. And I don't really know when God did it, but he did. And so that's where we are now. We just celebrated 12 years on Valentine's Day, actually. Uh, two, two kids and we're thriving and happy. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. You know, I guess that's why intervention is something that you respond to because yes. it sounds like that is what made a big difference in seeing your relationship turn around. You yes. know, I can relate. I fit my husband and I, we spent our first anniversary apart. Um, we made the unfortunate decision to separate for a period of time. And so when young couples or any couple for that matter, because there's people who have been married for longer periods of time that hit that rock in the road and make that choice to separate, make that choice to give in to some of the urges that you felt when you have to figure out how to turn it around. I imagine that's where your role as a marriage and relationship interventionalist, if I'm saying that right, is where that comes in because your game plan really has to be about how do we get back on the same page and how do we bring this thing together? So tell us about your role as an interventionist and how that all comes to life. Yeah, so you're right. It birthed from my, from my own experience. When she said the word, you, you guys need somebody to intervene. I mind you, that was 12 years ago. So mm -hmm. it's just now where I'm like connecting the dots between where God is placing me right now. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly where that was coined. Um, and so that's my role or that's what I feel led to do, really intervene, to interrupt the cycle because most of the people are at the place where they're just ready to go. Like I said, we, we've tried this thing. Maybe you've done counseling. Maybe you've done therapy. Maybe you've done coaching or haven't done anything and you're just exhausted. And so intervening is just that. And I know a lot of people think about interventionists as like addiction, like you see the show uh, Intervention where people are sitting around in the circle. Well, that's what I consider myself doing, like intervening on the affairs of your marriage or for the relationship um, for people who are getting ready to tie the knot. Mm -hmm. And they're like, listen, we need some help before we go down this aisle. Absolutely. So, um, that, that's my role. Absolutely. So I, I think that strategy is important because, um, you know, a lot of people get fixated on the fantasy 
mm-hmm. um, in the fairy tale. Um, some people are even fixated on the actual wedding day as being an event, um, but preparation is key. Yeah. And I believe that long-term sustainable success comes from strategy. I believe you need a game plan. You need to be thinking about how situations are going to be handled when they come up. Share your mantra around long-lasting marriage relationships. So I, my, my mantra is you can't get marriage right and communication wrong. You just cannot. There's no way. And I know, I feel like it's kind of cliche because you're about to say, well, you got to have communication in marriage. And you do, but you, you is so essential. You can't even effectively communicate your needs or your wants if you can't communicate, right? It's like redundant. Like you need to communicate your needs, but how do I communicate that? Um, how does my partner hear? Mm-hmm. What I hear isn't necessarily, what I'm saying isn't necessarily what he or she hears mm-hmm. because we're all, we're usually hearing through filters. And so what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Do I write him a note? Do I send him a text? Like, how do we do that? So that's my mantra. In order to be successful and to thrive, you have to be able to communicate. And if you can't do that, then that's where we got to start working. Absolutely. It's so interesting that you said the lenses. We all have this filter that somehow yeah. we are sending that message through. And that's why asking clarifying questions is so important when it comes to communication, because many times what we're hearing is not what they're saying. Right. It, is, it is clouded by our judgments, our attitudes, our mood, right. our emotion, how we feel, all of that becomes that lens that you talked about when it comes to communication. So I, I'm right there with you. Yes. You've got to learn how to be authentic in your communication in order for any relationship to work, especially your marriage relationship <laughs> to work. So when you think of how you serve, what is the goal you have in working with couples? Tell me more behind the teaching that you do or the help that you give. So I like to start at the beginning. Um, and I, like you said, I have, I'm very strategic in my goal. Um, I'm a counselor, so I've been doing this a long time. And I know that counseling and therapy can be very long term um, in terms of um, around and around the bend. You kind of, you know, whatever the day is, that's how we come up. Um, whatever the day is and whatever is coming up, that's what we're dealing with, mm-hmm. right? And so we have a treatment plan, but because life has happened since the last time I talked to you, now we have to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And so in this area or this space, I've decided to create a course or a program where I'm very strategic about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about hard check. What are the resentments? What is the pain? What are your pain points? Why are you here? What has you broken? We go from that, you connect the dots to where did you first even learn this? Is it about your partner or is it about mom or dad? Something they did, right? Are you starting to see this cycle in all your relationships or is it just this one? So we start to connect the dots and then we get it before we even get to mindset. We're going back and we're we're connecting the dots from past hurts, past traumas, and then we move. Um, and so the first four weeks is where I call the intervention or the intensives mm-hmm. where we really dive in. After that, we move to mindset. So what, what's been your example of marriage? Mm-hmm. What does marriage look like to you? What has mom and dad done? What's been successful? Um, and, you're, you know, and then we build a vision and then we talk about communication. So it's very strategic. 
in what I do. We don't just come hang out. We don't just come <laughs> and rehash the last argument. Because, <laughs> you know, we can do that. We can talk about that same offense over and over. But I'm very strategic in how I start and where are we going with this? And by the end of it, if you're not married, you're gonna know if you wanna be married or we're gonna let this thing go. Or by the end of it, my goal is to really help you see that you, and be glad that you decided to stay because that's how I feel. And I believe that anybody can have that same experience. I'm truly glad that I stayed and I wanna yeah. help other people have that experience. Yeah, I think one of the things that really stuck out to me when you and I first talked is how people can look at the situation and really have no idea about the story, right? They see glory on you, but they have no idea about the story and what you've been through and what you work hard at keeping tight and right, right? You know, in the diligence that comes along with that. And what I heard you talk about is we got to deal with it. We got to deal with all that stuff. We got to deal with the misconceptions that we have about our relationship and our past because we bring all of that into the relationship and it impacts how we are dealing with the person who honestly is the closest one to you. And we have a tendency to unfortunately hurt those who are close. What is something that people misunderstand about marriage and relationship intervention? Um, I think just the differences. I think that counseling, therapy, coaching, <laughs> all of that kind of starts to sound the exact same. Like, what's the difference? Do I need a care? Do I need a therapist? Do I need a coach? And then here you come talking to Courtney, and she's talking about a marriage interventionist. So what do what do we need? Um, and so for me, like I said, counseling therapy is long term. You could go around that bend for a year, more than that. Um, but for me, coaching is very much based on a strategy mm -hmm. um, and they're not going to deal with no underlying issues we're just talking about where y'all headed and we're going to get you there mm -hmm. um, but for me and my piece intervention I'm intervening and we are going to go back a little bit but then we're also going to develop that strategy mm -hmm. and get you guys moving forward so that you can build together um, both you know and have your identity as two different people but building and doing life together yeah one of the other things that stuck out to me too Courtney was hearing you talk about the importance of wanting to work with couples, mm -hmm. not just individuals, but really wanting to work with couples. What's burning within you to kind of take that on? Because I really want to see people stay together. <laughs> you know, like I want, like in the, in the program, each person will have their individual work, right? You're, you're going to work on your stuff. He's going to work on his stuff, but we're going to come together. And so I really didn't want to focus just on the, the, the wife and then you like, oh, I'm, I don't need him no more, <laughs> you know? So I really have a heart to see people, marriages stay together because I know that that's God's heart is for us to stay together. And I want you to people to know that you can, you can grow and you can grow in your identity and still maintain your marriage. And you don't have to, you know, divorce because now you have a new sense of who you are. Yeah. And I think the value of working with a couple I'm learning is you've got to figure out how to mend and heal together so that you can move forward together, you know, because 
that damage or that issue or that baggage, it's impacting both of you. And there are instances, yes, where it's personal and the personal work needs to be done. But when it's impacting the relationship, it is very important to grow and heal together. And so I applaud you for taking that on because that's not a that's not a light undertaking. That's a very huge undertaking. And you're meeting people right where the trouble is, right? Mm -hmm. And that trouble can show up and look in so many different forms, especially when it comes to relationship and especially this day and age, right? It shows up and it looks, uh, it manifests itself in so many different forms. Now, having said that, there are some common, if I could call Mm -hmm. them that, some common marriage problems that a lot of people sometimes will say it's the issue, but you and I know that it goes deeper than that sometimes. But when someone's coming to you and they're saying that they need some guidance around how to deal with money, money problems that they may be facing, money hardships, uh, you know, just trying to get on the same page with finances, what kind of guidance do you have for couples who are facing money problems? So my question, anytime somebody asks, say that they have an issue, I always have them to define it out. You can say, I have anxiety. I'm going to ask you, what does that look like? You might say, I want to heal. I'm going to say, what does that look like? Because it looks different for everybody. And so that's going to be my first question. What, what, are the, what does it look like? Are you talking about budgeting? Are you talking about somebody overspending? Are you talking about somebody just not paying the bills on time and we just need to shift the responsibility to the person that can do that? Um, and so that's the, that's where I start. What are we talking about here? Because I don't want to make it a general issue. Um, and then once I know exactly where we're where we are, then we can strategize. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, sometimes it's just a shift in responsibility. Mm-hmm. And in my marriage, I tell anybody, my husband, yep. You know, I know that in most marriages, women kind of take care of the bills and we kind of, but that's my husband's thing. He's mm-hmm. great at it. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. you know what's coming out he knows mm-hmm. and I trust him with that he's mm-hmm. going to wash the account two or three times a day I'm okay with that mm-hmm. and so I'm okay with having a balance or shifting the balance if it's not working well for me and he can handle that then let's let him do that mm-hmm. um, and so it just depends on what, what the exact issue is and we strategize from there yeah that makes total sense and I think one of the misconceptions at least from my understanding is people think that it has to be a certain way. Like there's some cookie cutter answer. And my thing is make it work for y'all. You know, as long as the two of you can get on the same page with it, you know, never mind all those stereotypes and those impressions and those things that are sitting outside of your relationship, find the right balance to strike between you and your husband so that y'all can have peace right? And what does that look like? The only thing I would say is stay connected though, right? You know, make sure that you don't just try to be independent, but you figure out the right balance with interdependence. You know, stress weighs very heavily on relationships and it manifests itself in different forms. Where have you seen examples around stress and the impact that that can have to relationships? Yeah, I think one of it is just what we just talked about, like financial. 
stress. Um, a lot of people come in with that. And interestingly, whenever we would try to speak out uh, support and just accountability in our marriage, that would, that would be the one thing people would automatically assume. Mm -hmm. You try fighting about money? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just like this common stressor that everybody's fighting or having an issue about money. And so it could be from money. It could be uh, children, parenting, different parenting styles. Um, and, and that's something that we had to figure out in the very beginning because I was the only child and he had a family of six or seven, right? And so your parenting is my is going to be different from what mine looks like. Doesn't mean we're right or wrong. It just means that we need to find a common ground. Mm -hmm. um, so finances, parenting, um, chores around the house is another thing. Um, who's going to do what or you're not doing. And so I'm upset. Um, those types of things. Just, I could say, underlying ongoing hurts that are unresolved that you kind of, you're trying to act like you got over, but you didn't. Um, so <laughs> those are some of the, the most common stressors, you know, mm -hmm. because we, we say that it's, oh, he came in the house late, but it's really because you still dealing with something that happened two months ago, mm -hmm. you know? So it just depends. It all looks so different. It does. And that two months ago is real. Okay. <laughs> You, it sounds, it sounds like an outlying example, but it's not an outlying example. It is people who harbor stuff for long yeah. periods of time and they show up and you be like, we really talking about what happened five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. We really talking about what happened five years ago. The, and they can break down that story. Like it just happened yesterday. Oh, it just happened. Literally it just happened. Yeah, you feel yeah. like trigger. You feel like it just happened. So what has been your biggest aha moment in your role as a marriage relationship interventionist? My biggest aha, and I think one of the other things that led me to this was that a lot of women were presenting with issues that they would come in and say, I'm having some anxiety, right? Or I'm depressed and I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to have a conversation, it's always linked back to a relationship. Mm -hmm. This is where it's manifesting. Um, and so it's like, do we really have relationship issues or do we have childhood issues? Mm -hmm. So that was like a really big aha moment for me. Like when we started to sit down and we get to the core while you're really here, not while you said you were coming, but while you're really here. And then I started to realize it was connected to a relationship and then connected to childhood. Mm -hmm. um, that was the biggest aha. And that's what kind of pushed me to go back and get the extra training for trauma because it's like, okay, everybody including myself, because I didn't even recognize I had trauma showing up until I got in the relationship. <laughs> so that's typically where it likes to manifest. Absolutely. One of the things I love to say is that whatever is in the thing, when you put pressure on that thing, that's oh, what yeah. comes out. And so <laughs> yeah. you're right. Those experiences, we can kind of keep them undercover, but as soon <laughs> as you put pressure on it, yeah. that's what comes out. And you know, we sidestep and we try to make trauma seem like it's only in certain categories. Like it had to have been this category of wrongdoing that makes it trauma. But trauma is the full gamut of how it impacts you and how you take that in. Tell me a little bit more about trauma. So trauma is, you're right. A lot of people think about trauma as, um, people who have only who only who people have PTSD right um, people who have been over in the war who were in the service and they served in the the marines and the navy and so that's that's what PTSD looks like 
where PTSD or trauma looks like um, I'm ducking down every time something happens, I'm afraid. That's not it. Um, trauma can like, it's, it's everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it can be the, the hard things like the sexual abuse and the molestation and the rape, it can be that. But it can also be domestic violence. It can also be being spoken to in a really harsh way. Maybe it's, it's parenting um, where you weren't heard or where you weren't understood. Mm -hmm. I, I even have a lighter uh, example. <laughs> so if you're talking about, a, a, like for my husband, right? He hates it to dig through a basket. If I haven't gotten to the laundry, it tears him up to dig through a basket, right? Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that when he grew up, he was in a house of six or seven people and they all had to dig in there for socks and everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is so impactful for him. But for me, it's like, what are you talking about? Just get it out of there. Mm -hmm. And so while somebody wouldn't necessarily equate that to trauma, but trauma is anything that overwhelms your ability to cope. Mm -hmm. I love anything, that. whether it's a flood, it's a car accident, near-death experience, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing that I want people to understand. It can I be love anything. That. Anything that impairs your ability to cope. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's probably from a textbook. You know, you're learned in this, but I love that because yes. that is so true. And that takes away that stigma of it having to be that wartime experience yes. or that rape or molestation. And all of those are things are very true. But what you just said, I got the same example. If we run out of toilet paper, that's doomsday around these yeah. parts. Because when I grew up, we ran out of toilet paper all the time. And so it's a trigger for me. And so you come to my house and you be like, why you got all that toilet paper? And it's because I don't want to run out, you know? And so it, it does impact you. And so I can relate to that because it sounds very small, but it's not. It's, it, it, is, it is a part of the experience that I found very frustrating growing up and other people may not be able to relate to it, but it's real to me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's focus in on wives just for a little bit, because that's what you and I are. Mm -hmm. I often say that being a wife is likely one of the hardest things we have ever done. What is it you take from your role as a wife into being a, a marriage and relationship interventionist? I take my experience. I take, I take everything that I am into that role. When I'm meeting with young girls who are sitting in front of me because they've been in domestic violent relationships, I get it. Mm -hmm. So I take all of that. I take um, my humanity and sometimes I don't wanna uh, cope. Sometimes I wanna sit in my stuff, right? I wanna kind of wallow around in it because I just want to. So I take all of those pieces of who I am as a wife and I bring that in to be able to sympathize and empathize with other women saying, listen, you're not by yourself. I get it, right? But this is how we can move forward. This is what we need to do. Not as someone who's saying, I've never had an issue, but I'm going to teach you or I'm going to help you. No, I've been there. I know what it is to feel single and, and be married. I get it. I, I know what it's like to feel like I'm the only one doing the work. And he's just hanging out, having a good time because that's usually how it is. Women usually get burnt out first mm -hmm. and then they come along when they realize our hearts have disconnected. Then they come along and they want help. Mm -hmm. So I bring everything, every experience, every learned experience, 
not so good experiences. And I bring all of that. That is beautiful. I love it. I think those are the characteristics that make us relatable, right? You know, where people don't feel as if you're not someone who can't recognize or feel what you've gone through. In fact, that's what makes Jesus relatable, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's the fact that we know he understands what we've been through and what we're going through. And so that's definitely appropriate. And I honor you for being willing to be transparent and open and authentic in that way, because it's that connection that really is going to transform and drive change in every relationship that you tr- uh, have are trusted to support. Yeah. So what suggestions do you have for wives that are contemplating leaving their marriage? Wow. <laughs> I feel like that, because I, I, I'm still connecting with it. Even though it's been 12 years, I'm still connecting with it. Like, I get it. Um, I would say get support. I, I really would. It's like, because I know when you're in it, it feels like this is the end. Like, there is no coming back from this. Um, and so I remember feeling like, I just want somebody to tell me everything is my fault. Because I know I'm going to do the work. I had no confidence that he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know what it's like to be at the end and saying, I just got to go. Um, and so my suggestion would be to ask yourself, do you really want to go or are you just crying out for help? Mm-hmm. Because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. I think whenever I made the phone call, I think I really thought I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm ready to divorce. Can you help me? And it's like, no, if you're ready to go, you're going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not, count, you're not reaching out to a counselor or a therapist because you're ready to divorce. You, you want somebody to intervene. And so that's the question. Sometimes we go to the extremes because we really just want to be heard. We really want to be seen. We really want to be, I'm just trying to get your attention here. And if that's the case, let's go about it a different way and get you the support that you really need. Oh, that is so good. That That is absolutely um, powerful because it, it's true. We act out. It, it's no different than the two-year-old having a tantrum. It, it just then we didn't fall out on the floor kicking and screaming. We are sometimes showing up in other ways. And I think asking that question, like, what do you want? You know, what? Where are you at in this process? And can we be honest about it? You yeah. know, that you're looking for help. Because if you already made up your mind that divorce is it, I can't stop that, right? You know, (laughs) and so I think that is a very, very valid question. And I think getting help, you know, for some reason we see it as weakness. And I love to always say getting help makes you wise. It does not make you weak. And so if you are at a point in your relationship where you know that you need support and you need help, Getting help is the wise thing to do. Sitting there watching it crumble. Well, now that is the weak thing to do because that means no action was taken when you had a chance to really turn things around. So I love that. Getting help, 
it's necessary. It is a necessary step to take so that we can save our families and save our relationships. Now, you're a high, achie high achiever. You're a go-getter. You're a business owner. You're a woman making it happen. How do you maintain that balance between chasing your dream, being a wife, being a mom, a family? You know, like, how do you balance it all? I try to bring everybody in as much as I can, um, especially with my new baby in terms of developing the course and the program. I'm asking my husband, like, what do you think about this? These are the modules that I have. These are the pillars that I have. What do you think about them? What do you think we needed in that? You know, what are some other things that would have helped us? Um, so I'm trying to bring him in. I have my daughter working as like my assistant. So she kind of comes in and she does do some of the scheduling and confirming appointments. And my son, I gave him the title of um, organizational manager and he's nine, <laughs> but he wanted to be a part. So I do everything that I can to make them a part of what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but also showing them that this is very much possible for you. And I encourage you to, to, to create your own lanes, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also working at home. So I'm available, I'm here, they can see me. You know, interacting, cooking, you know, so those are the things I'm trying. And I, I pray that it's successful, but awesome. yeah. Those are awesome. I love it. I love how you're bringing them in because you're training them. You're training yeah. them to build empires. You know, you're training them to have multiple streams and to really think about how to be impactful. And I love how you're you know, you are taking your husband back to those moments that he experienced with you and saying, what did we need? Does this resonate at that time where we were at? I love that. I love that you're pulling them in and making them a part of what it is that you're doing. I appreciate you, Courtney, for being here. This has been an awesome discussion. You know, around these parts, we talk about building a life that we love without apology. And I always close out with tapping into your wisdom especially as it relates to life, love, and happiness. So listen okay. to the questions. The first question is, what life wisdom would you tell your younger self if you could? Life wisdom. I'd say that I would tell her, even though it feels like you're getting the short end of the stick, that God is just truly, is truly developing a resilience and a stamina in you that you'll need in years to come. That's beautiful. He's preparing you, girl. I love it. I love it. Love it. What love wisdom would you tell your younger self if you could? Oh, I would, I would tell my younger self that love doesn't hurt. I would tell my younger self that, um, love is gentle and that you don't have to compromise mm. for love. That is so good. And then finally, what's your happiness wisdom? What happiness wisdom would you tell your younger self if you could? I'd say that, I would say that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Mm. That happiness is based on circumstances, people, all those things. But that joy is something that God only gives. And so once you recognize that, as long as you have the joy of the Lord, then you, you control the narrative of your happiness. That's beautiful. That's what I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And the lesson I want to say to you, Courtney, 
I think you are doing an awesome work. I'm an advocate for families too. I'm an advocate for relationships. And I just want you to know that success looks good on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And I so, so wish you the best. And I bless every family that you touch with your work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much for really being committed to families. Families are so vitally important and keeping that unit together strengthens our community and makes us all more powerful. I thank you for your commitment in sharing your own story and sharing your own commitment as a therapist to relationships. And I know that couples will be empowered when they connect with you. As always, this platform is to encourage and motivate, empower everyone to think, do, be, and achieve. And I want you to always remember it's within you to build a life that you love without apology. And even more, you have been given power. You have been given power. So embrace it and go. As always, we need your support. So be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share so that this platform can empower others just like it empowers you. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.